Um, is this just some club that makes you feel good? Or is church something that God himself has set up to be an essential, um, effective part of, of society? And it is. And, and, and we spent the first week talking about how the church is, is not a, a building. The church isn't an organization, but really the church is you and I gathered together. When, when Jesus calls his church together, he says, come and follow me. And he creates a community. The church, the word ecclesia means the called out ones, the gathered ones, the assembly of God. So we talked about how in the first week is that Jesus says, I will build my church. Jesus takes ownership of his community and his people. And he says, I'm going to build that. And it's not that he's going to build an organization. He's not going to build a building, although we gather. And like I thought, the, the analogy of us meeting together in a living room, this, this building isn't church. You in the building is church. Okay, so when, when, when you're out of the building, you are still the church. We as a community are the church of God. And Jesus promised that, that I will build my church. So, so the church is a community of Jesus' people. I, when I was in year 12, I, was, I, I got really passionate about God when I was 14. I was sort of grown, grew up in church. Uh, but at 14, I was like, man, God touched my life. And that's why young people, you don't have to wait until you're older to get crazy on fire for God. It just happens right in that moment where God touches you. But in year 12, I wanted to make my, the backup, you know, the levers jumper. I wanted to put it as Jesus freaks. I'd walk around as Jesus freaks. They didn't let me. I should have just stuck it to them and done it anyway. But anyway, we, Jesus community, people that are passionate about Jesus, that, that Jesus was a real person, that he came and that he, he set the whole thing in motion. Without Jesus, nothing would happen. And last week we talked about how God is assembling us and putting us together to form a new spiritual house, a new temple, a new place of worship. And, and, and it represents the presence of God, that we get to carry God's presence and that we get to be not only the new, um, the new temple of God, the new place of his presence, but we actually are priests in it. We are members of it. And we talked about, and I would encourage you, if you weren't here last week, go back and listen on the podcast, how God chooses to build his new spiritual house. Because the Bible offers a number of analogies or pictures of what the church is like. And one of them was a spiritual house, a spiritual temple. God uses you and I to build it. See, see, see in that, and we talked about how that we are not attending church, but God literally takes us and makes us a part of the church. We become the church. Amen? So you and I together are called to become this new place of spiritual worship. A place of God's presence. See, church without His presence is, is, is dead. It's, 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 why would you go there? But, but God has called us to be a community of people who carry His presence wherever we go. And, and today we're going to focus and we're going to carry on and look at another image that the, church, that the Bible uses to describe the church. And the title of my message is that uh, the church is a growing community. Church is a growing community, and it's based out of the text uh, in Ephesians 4. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians 4. And this message and this, this idea of, of the church, us being a growing community, is around this image of God calling His church His body. Okay, so the, the image of, of church is not an um, organization, but says the church is a body, like a physical body. So that God is wanting his body not to be anybody, but he says 
I am creating my church to be my body. Talking about him. So the church is his body. So let's read in Ephesians 4 verses 1 and we're going to carry on. It says, and this is Paul uh, writing. He says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the call you have received. Be completely humble and gentle uh, and gentle. Be patient bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That is why it says, when He ascended on high, He took many captives and gave gifts to His people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, That is Christ from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each does its work. We made it. Well done. Give yourself a pat on the back. That was a solid portion of scripture. Why don't we pray before we proceed? God, thank you for your word. We don't want to just pass over this moment. Lord, we are praying that you would speak to us from your word. Would you illuminate our hearts to see what you want us to be? In Jesus' name. Everybody said. Have you ever met somebody and and you met that person and you could see in them something that they couldn't see in themselves? Like you 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 met somebody and they you could they you'd think, man, this person's really good at that and they should be doing this, but for whatever reason in their life they can't see it about themselves. And I, I I've worked in youth work for a long time now, over 10 years, and, and a lot of the times when you see a young person um, and they're going through stuff and they're dealing with issues at home and, and life has beaten them up, um, you can see in that person great potential and great, um, a great future for them, but they can't see it about themselves. Life has just told them otherwise. So when they look at their life, they can't see um, the, the, the future that they have. And, and, and this just because life has beaten us up. And sometimes I think that's how we are with ourselves, is that we can't see uh, in our own life the potential and the future and the call and the great things that God wants to do in our life because maybe, A, we're too close to ourselves in terms of like you can't, you know, when you get a different perspective on a situation, you get a different view and you can see that in some, some person that you've, you're really good at this, but they don't see it about themselves. Does anybody understand, understand what I'm saying? And we can feel like that sometimes. And this is what Paul is saying to the church in Ephesus. He's saying, as a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy 
of the call. He's basically saying you have been called with such a great call to be in relationship with God, to be a part of Him. And he's saying to his church, I see a great future for you. I see potential in you. I see a a, a vision of, of, of not staying where you are, but becoming something in God. That's what the text is saying, that you would grow in Him. And so God has called us as His church to be alive. Hey, He didn't say, all right, the church is just like that mannequin that you win at the royal show when you do good and you know, you win a prize and it just stands there because it's not alive and it's, you know, like a fluffy toy. Are you with me? God didn't say be a fluffy toy. He said, I've called my church to be my body. A body is alive. So the high call, a part of your high call is that God has made you alive. Not just breathing, not just being a part and existing, but to be truly alive is a different thing. To be truly alive and living and breathing with purpose is to know Jesus. Because Jesus in Ephesians uh, 2, it says that He has made us alive with Christ. We were once dead in our transgressions, but God has has made us alive in Him. Whoa, I feel like I'm the only one, you know, like, hey, have some steak night. Like, whoa, this is exciting. But are you excited about that? God has made you alive in Him. Alive, you are, you are called to be alive. And, and being a part of His body means that you are called to a life of growth, a life of progression, a life of moving from one place into the next season, a life of, of maturing from this moment in your life to maturing in that moment. If you're not growing, you're stagnating, but God has called you to grow and to develop, to progress. And healthy things grow. Healthy bodies grow. Sometimes they grow a little bit too much, if you know what I'm saying. But healthy things grow. And God is wanting to develop you. And what does He want to do with you? The picture and the image that God wants to grow you into is like the, it's like setting the bar really high. Because He says this in that same text. He says, So that the body of Christ, you and I, the church, may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The, the mark that God has for you is Jesus. And that makes some of us nervous. It's like, oh man, i got a long way to go. I don't know how I'm going to get there. But God's called you to growth. God's called you to to this this life of of being a part of a body where you grow, where you progress, where you develop. So if you're feeling like, man, I've got so so far to go, I'm not sure how I'm going to get there. Hey, man, it, that's not your problem. You, you, join, you join into the body. God has said, I am going to be the one that is going to enable you to grow. I'm going to enable you to develop so that you look like Jesus, so that your, your potential is not capped at what you have experienced or not capped at what you think God has called you to. But what has God called you to? Paul says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the call. Up here, God's got more for you. So I want to encourage you today, 
what areas in your life have you sort of left by the wayside where it's saying, oh, oh, we can't really do much with that area. We won't talk about that. Hey, we'll just, God, you can see it, but we'll just ignore it. It's like the elephant in the room. I've struggled with this a long time. But God said, no, let's talk about it. I've got a plan for this area in your life. I've got a plan for you. I've got something for you to do. I've got a high call. And God's saying, I want you to grow. I want you to progress. So, hey, guess what? You get to grow in God as a part of his body. And I think that's exciting. So what are the results of growth? So if we're, if we're growing and we're progressing, there's a reason that God wants to do that in your life. There's a reason. See, why we gather as a church and why we're a part of this community, a major reason of it is to grow. The Bible uses that word to be built up. It's that word edify, to build yourself up, to progress from immaturity to maturity. Like I love Miles and he's so cute, but if he just stayed in babyhood area, I mean, it would be cute and it would be great, but my hope and intent for him is for him to mature. Because that's the progress of a a little person. They need to mature and they need to grow. What God's wanting you to do is to progress. It's cute to be where you are. but And God loves you and nothing you could do could ever change that. But God has such a high plan and a high call for you. He's pushing you forward and into growth. Are you with me today, church? He's pushing you into growth. and, And a part of the reason why God wants to build us up is because he wants to increase the effectiveness and the capacity of his church. God wants to do more and use you more and make you more effective where you are in your life. We're called to be influencers in our community. We're called to be trendsetters, people that are at the forefront of society, not just in the background. God's wanting his church to be the, the dominant force in the world. That we wouldn't just be receiving what the culture is, but we would be the culture setters in our society. That's who you are called to be. And come on, oh, I'm, I'm like a little too excited. Ephesians 1 uh, verses 23 says this. It says, And God placed all things under His feet, being Jesus' feet, and appointed Him to be the head over everything for the church, which is His body. The fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. So you, the church, are His body of Jesus, whom God placed everything under Jesus' feet. And we are His body. And and we are the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. For God's message about His Son to get out, to become the norm, to to take over, for revival to take place, we need to take our place as His body in the church. Church isn't just us gathering here on a Sunday and going, woo, Christians, hey, holy, you know, what's up? No, we are called to be the fullness of Him everywhere we go. So when you're stepping out into your workplace or in your school, as a part of His body, you are the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. Are you with me today, church? God is wanting to grow you and progress you so that your impact and your influence can be higher and higher and higher. So that the effectiveness of the gospel is more and more and more in Jesus' name. God's got a high call for you. So increased capacity comes with your growth. 
So God's wanting to increase your effectiveness and your capacity. He's also wanting to increase your stability. And we see in that chapter, two, chapter that we're reading in Ephesians 4, he says that so that you would be built up, becoming mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then he says in verses 14, then you will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and the cunning and craftiness of people and deceitful speaking. So the, the reason God wants you to grow in your faith, grow as a part of the body, is to stabilize you in your faith. So that not when, when a wind comes and blows and blows and blows the house down, that the house doesn't fall down. That your life would be founded on more than just hype or just routine of church. But your life would be founded and connected as a part of His body, which is strong and mature, so that you can withstand the tests of our faith. God, hey, and guess what? There's going to be tests of faith. And in this context, there, there were people talking about all sorts of different ways of thinking and all sorts of different ways of, of believing. And, and they, were, they were scheming and they were trying to get the Ephesian church off track and there's so many things like that in our world that want to move us off faith, move us off track, move you. You know, why do you give your money? Or, or why do you believe in, in, in God? Why do you believe in, in, in believing in the Bible? And, and, you know, that's so weird and that's different. But God's wanting to ground you with strength and capacity as His body so that you withstand. So are you feeling strong already, church? God is increasing your capacity to be effective and is increasing your stability to withstand the storms in life, to withstand those things that want to take you off track. And you know what? It all happens. And, and here's, I, I think this is awesome. It's just like God to be so good. He is good. He doesn't just demand growth from you and say, Lenny, time to grow. Take a protein shake. Hit the weights spiritually and demand growth. I demand it. No. God is like, all right, you're a part of my body. I want you to grow. So what he does is he enables it. He empowers growth. He actually makes it possible for you to become a, a part of his body. He made it possible for you to become a part of his church. Without, without God enabling us to believe in him and opening a way of salvation, we wouldn't even be able to say, God, I want to be a part of you. I want you to be my life. But God enables it. He also empowers it. And He puts structures in our life that will help us grow. God not only wants you to do this, oh, do this, do this, do this. And you feel like this, this like pressure that you, can, you can't like meet the, the level. No, God's not like that. God says, I want to help you come up to this high call in Jesus. And God wants to help you in your faith. God wants to help you walk out this way. And the way He does it, and I'm glad you asked, Growth comes through connection. Growth comes through connection. So as a body, a body is nothing if it's not connected. You know, if it's all separate, it, it ain't going to grow. <laughs> if the body is in pieces, you know, you're dead. But a body is connected. A body has structures and, and these things that connect it together, and that is what enables growth. So growth comes through connection. And the first area of connection that we see is that our connection to Him is the first area of which is going to enable growth. What does it say in, in verses uh, 15? It says, instead, speaking the truth in love, 
we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head. Who is the head? Jesus is the head of His body. Jesus is the source of growth in your life. When you have Jesus in your life, you're going to grow. When you have relationship and encounter with God, everything is going to flow out of your life. And last week we talked about how Jesus is the cornerstone. So Jesus is the part and, and the, the person that we need because without Him, nothing is impossible. Jesus is the source. And very practically in your life, you, just, you can really lean into that connection through your time of worship, through your time of prayer and remembering and saying, God, thank you that I'm connected to you. And strengthening that connection with Him. Not that you can, can connect yourself to Him because God has made it possible. Without His doing, it would be impossible for us to connect with Him. But because He's extended a hand of relationship in your life, we get to extend our hands out to Him and by faith receive Jesus and receive relationship, receive right standing, receive forgiveness of sins. All these amazing things that God has done, which is a part of becoming in His, bo His body, we receive everything that Jesus has done for us. So you are good enough because Jesus has made you that way. God isn't condemning you and, and, and looking at you with eyes of, oh, you're not good enough. No, in the blood of Jesus and through the forgiveness of sins, you are able to stand before God blameless and holy in His sight. How good is that? We receive from Jesus the source of everything. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. Because Jesus is the source, it doesn't stop there. As a body, we're called not only to be connected vertically to God, connected with God, but we're also called to be connected to the rest of the body, horizontally with each other. That the body isn't the body like, I don't go, yo, yo I'm, the, I'm the body of Christ, man. And then I don't know who you guys are, but I'm the body. No, God hasn't called you to growth in isolation. He's actually called you to growth in community. Growth in community, you're called to be a part of something bigger than yourself. When Jesus says, come, be, be a part of my family, he, he, he makes you a part of his church and makes you a part of his body, connected to him, but connected to each other as well. How good is that? Am I preaching to myself today, I think? But we're, we're, we're all together in this, and so we all have something to supply. You know, when you walk into church and when you meet with somebody from church or just anybody in the community, you can walk in there knowing that you have something to give. You have something to give because guess what? You are a part of his body. And here's the cool thing. Look, God is so smart. He's the source, but he says, I'm going to set up my body to care for itself. I'm going to set up my church to work like a body, to be connected with me and connected with each other, and to supply the growth and the development of itself. So when we are a part of this community, we are responsible and we have a, place, a part to play in the development of God's church. We're meant to look after our physical bodies. You know, we've got to look after that. Just like that, we're meant to look after the, the, the spiritual body of God, the church. And, and you are called to be a part of that because it says there, from Him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. Whoa. 
It's not just God's job to build his church, although it is. You get what I'm saying? God builds his church and he enables it, but then he places us in community so that we get to look after the body as well. That as, as his body, we get to uh, develop and we get to look after and support each other. So that you can know that you are a very valuable piece in God's body, in God's church. You have something to bring. You have something to supply, the Bible says. That every supporting ligament grows and builds. So connected for supply. So when you come and you chat and you connect, you're supplying something to somebody. You're valuable. You're important. You might not think that you've got anything to contribute, but just by being a part of the body, you have something to contribute. We are the church. Church isn't me just preaching. Church is us being in life and community together. You get to supply something. So, and, and this, this passage is so um, rich in, in, in things that we could go into, and there's this whole area of giftings, how, how we're all called individually with different giftings. And that's going to be in, in one of the following weeks. We're going to focus on God's given each and every one of us various gifts that we are called to use those gifts to build up the body. So you're an important piece of the puzzle. You're actually an indispensable piece of the puzzle. God, God needs you in his body. He wants you to be here because you've got something to contribute. You have something to contribute. And, and and that, I think that's a beautiful picture is because I don't know if you've had relationships with people, friendships with people that all it is is about them. I'm just going to, we'll talk about me, thank you. And we like to watch Peppa Pig sometimes, uh, or Miles does, and one of the characters, they, you know, they, they're trying to teach um, kids how life is more than just about them because <laughs> Miles' concept of sharing is sharing, sharing. But, but God is wanting to broaden our horizons in terms of when I'm not just here to consume. I'm actually here to contribute. I think it's very important. That is a key part of what our church is going to be about, the culture of our church. It's not just about you need to do this for me, but actually what can I contribute? How can I help? How can I as a part of the body supply something? Because you have something to give. And, and I love that because it, it removes this attitude that says the church needs to do this, the church needs to do that. The attitude is that, oh, I am the church. How can I do that? How can I help build? How can I help support? What can I bring? And on the, other, the flip side of that is that you're also in a body where you get to receive. You get to receive supply and help and support when, when you need it. And that happens a lot. Life happens, right? You go through, and, and I've been through a number of situations in my life that if there wasn't people around me supporting me, the, the body, the family supporting me, then it would be really difficult to get through those moments. Part of being a community is being vulnerable with one another. Being connected means being vulnerable because it's like, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing well, that well. God hasn't called you to be like, to put on a face, oh yes, everything is good. I don't need anything. No, you're in 
real life with him. You're a part of his body and you're going to go through situations. But that's where it's perfect to be not only connected to God, but connected with one another so that they, you can get help when you need it. And for some of you, that's more of a challenge than being ready to give. Because a lot of the time, you're, you're happy to do stuff for other people, but when it's about you, then you get a bit awkward. But no, God wants to help you in your life and grow you. Are you with me today, church? So we, we get to receive supply and we get to give. And, and I, the, a key area that Paul uses in his, um, his practicality of how that looks how that looks of being connected with each other. Sometimes relationships can get messy. People working with people, talking with people, things can get messy a lot of the time. People, offense can come, dealing, you know, you looked at me the wrong way and, you know, rah, 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 rah. But Paul offers us some really practical advice on how we are to approach relationships. Because remember, his goal is the development of the body, the development of the church. Our development, our growth, and he's highlighting a key area where things can get fractured and things can get disconnected. And when things are disconnected, growth stops. I dislocated my shoulder twice. Let me tell you, it's not fun. And a lot of you have been through your whole injuries yourself, but there was a disconnection and the normal healthy function of that part of my body stopped at that moment until it got put back together. And I think a big strategy of the enemy to disrupt the growth of the church is to disconnect relationships within the church, is to fracture people from each other, to create barriers and to create chasms of, oh, you do, oh you're on that side. And I'm. But no, God wants us to realize that we have to care for the body. We have to care for the body. And, and you know what the term he uses here is make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Make every effort. Literally what that means is do everything in your power to make sure the unity of, of the Spirit is maintained. It means take initiative on this topic. Take initiative in your relationships to keep unity together. In your families, take the initiative to be a bridge of connection rather than somebody that just sees what is dividing us. In our church life, in our church community, if if you know, somebody, if I've looked at you the wrong way, I might just have something in my eye. A person that is making every... And I might not know I've offended you, by the way. And I'm just going about my life and having a coffee and, and I say, we say, hey, and da-da-da. But there's something that, you, you've, that hurt is starting to develop. There's a bit of a disconnect. The Bible right here is very practical. It says, make every effort. Take the initiative. Get on the front foot. Be, be actively engaged in maintaining peace. So what does that look like? It's just putting yourself out there and having a conversation. Do you know? Not waiting for me to come because I didn't even know that that happened. But it, to you, it happened. But when you're active and you're making every effort, that's just that. And that's how God is with us. He's, he, he's really proactive when it comes to meeting us. Am I with you? Are we together today, church? He, he was proactive in, in seeking us out. And so we need to do that as a body. We need to look after each other because if you think about it, what Paul says here is that for there is one body and one spirit. So when there is a disconnect in a relationship in the church or a relationship in your family, that's not something outside of you. That's something that is you. 
We are the body. It's not like, oh, that body, oh, that body is a terrible body. No, that's your body, man. (laughs) That's your body. We are his body. There is one body. So we are all called to maintain, maintain relationships, maintain love. And do you know what it's all done in? It's done in love. Every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. Without receiving the love of God in our life, it is impossible to love one another. What does Jesus say? He summarizes the whole law in these two statements. is love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Love is the engine room of everything that God wants to do here. And we could spend weeks and weeks talking about what love is, but love is just like that, front-footed. Love is gracious. Love is humble. This is in the text that we are in today. Ephesians 4, 2 says, Be completely humble. Because you know what gets in the way of relationships a lot of the time? You, (laughs) me, I, because I get offended because you did me wrong, and that's, I'm going to, I'm preaching to myself here. But it says, be completely humble. What does that mean? It means looking at others as more important than yourself. Emptying yourself so that you are not the focus, but others are. That doesn't mean you're just going to allow people to walk all over you and treat you like rubbish and, and be a victim. But, but we see the perfect example of humility in the person and the work of Jesus, who was everything but decided to become nothing, decided to empty himself like a servant and humble himself. Paul says, approach your relationships with the same attitude. You okay? You know, no, I'm just, it's an example. I hope you're okay too. But we're humble and we're being patient. And I think a cool term is here. It says, bearing with one another in love. That means putting up with one another in love. Sometimes you're going to have to put up with somebody. And I saw Barbara tap Wayne on the, on the leg there. <laughs> That's what I do every day. And Sanders the same for me. We bet, sometimes family isn't just, it, it's not all roses and glitter all the time. Real life happens. But in the real life, God empowers you with his love so that we can bear with one another because we want the best for each other. We want the best for his body. Uh, is, that, is that being really, that's really practical. And I think that it's so fantastic that God gives us these practical areas to look at in our relationships. So I want you to remember and I want you to understand God's wanting you to grow. God's wanting you individually to grow, progress into new areas in your life. And he wants this community, his body, to grow and develop. And we get to grow together. Because God wants to do more. He wants to increase our capacity and increase our stability. And so uh, why don't we just close our eyes and bow our head. And I want to give opportunity right now. If there's any areas in your life, and I talked about how God in every area wants to keep growing you. He wants to keep developing and he wants to keep uh, bringing you to new areas, new, new heights. And we talked about how God has a high call on your life. He has a great image and a great picture. He's got a great destiny for you, but maybe you have, have lost sight of that. And today you need to be reminded of what God is calling you to. You need to be reminded that God has a plan and a purpose for you. If that's you, why don't you just stand where you are and I want to pray with you right now. If that's you today and you say, Sheldon, I just want to be reminded 
of what God is wanting to do in my life. Why don't you stand where you are and I'd love to pray. Thank you, Lord. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, Lord, thank you. Anybody else is today, Sheldon, I just need to be reminded. I just need to be reminded of his plan for me. Anybody else today? And why don't we pray? Lord, I thank you for every single person here. Thank you, Lord, for every single life. In Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, just a touch of your presence. And church, why don't we just stand and why don't we just put our hands on those around us right now and pray, pray together. Pray for the person that you see standing. Pray for the person next to you. In Jesus' name, we just pray for for one another right now. We support, Lord, we strengthen right now. In Jesus' name, we pray that you would remind us of your call in our life. That you would remind us that you've got a great plan and a great destiny that You would empower every single person here, Lord, with Your love, Lord, with Your wisdom, Lord, with Your joy. And I thank You, Lord, that You have a great plan, a great destiny for every life in Jesus' Name. So, Lord, I'm just prophesying right now over, the, over, over Your body that health and life would begin to flow again. Health and life in Your life is going to come. What's been disconnected and dislocated in the name of Jesus, strength and life to come again in your life in Jesus' name. And what He's going to do is He is going to realign and He is going to support and He is going to bring a bandage and He is going to put structure and He is going to help you mend those areas in Jesus' name. And let me tell you, the result is going to be stronger than it was before. Stronger than you were before more effective than you were before, more alive than you were before. God is doing surgery on all our hearts. And I want to encourage you for everybody that stood up and even if you didn't and you're receiving something from God, God is going to to be the source of your life. As you connect to Him and you connect to each other, develop the relationships Join the Connect group. Send somebody a text message because the body will supply and build itself up in love. In Jesus' Name. And everybody said, Amen. Why don't we give God a clap right now? Lord, thank You. Woo! And next week we'll be back with part four. But let's have a coffee. If you want prayer or anything like that, come and see me after. But God bless you. Let's enjoy 